Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? tuning in to the pre-show. Welcome to this episode of the JF podcast, the J-A-E-F podcast. This is part four of our 2023 roundup. Now, in the last episode, we were talking about the theme has been 
um, pat on the silence, reason for the silence. And it was it it, it it has been centered around some of my personal uh, about six months ago, some of the scriptures that really arrested me and convicted me that really started to point me in a different direction regarding my faith. And some of those things, uh, the, the two scriptures that I spoke about were that really uh, caused, that really stopped me in my tracks that basically forced me to go into some, some serious self-introspection, some serious uh, self-evaluation as to the dealings that I had going on in my own personal walk. I did mention that I want uh, the words that came through this platform to be backed by integrity. And I'm always asking the Lord to, at least for the most part, well, no, for the most part, as much as possible, to utter words that are on a foundation of as much lived experience as possible. And one of the scriptures that really arrested me about six months ago was from Romans chapter 20, Romans chapter 15, verse 18. Well, I'll start from verse 17 to 18, where Paul said, Therefore I have risen to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And then the other one was from 1 John chapter 1, where John's basically saying that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which our which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. The reason why these two scriptures really stopped me in my tracks was because here John is saying, the reason he's writing to you and I to invite us into fellowship, to partake in the same experience that they, are, they have heard or are currently having is because they have witnessed it. They are fast eye witnesses, you know, and he talks about four criterias of witnessing that they have gone through. Says they have heard they heard about it, but now they have seen it with their um, seen it with their eyes. They've looked upon it, and their hands have handled. And he talks about a manifestation of this word of life. Now, these dimensions of this scripture that I'm uh, I probably won't get into because. He's talking about it from two angles. He's talking about the word of life. And in the beginning, uh, the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, but the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So he's talking about the reincarnated Jesus Christ, who was the word in the beginning and then becomes flesh. And so he's talking from a sense of, yes, we have seen him with our eyes. Uh, 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 so we heard about him as that word of life. And now we've seen him with our eyes. We've looked upon him and our hands have handled. Now, he changes because 
he talks about this being manifested twice, right? So first it was manifested to them as um, in the flesh, but then this word of life uh, that was manifested in the flesh was later on resurrected, put on his glorified body, and Jesus went back to heaven. But the word of life that he left with them was again manifested to them. So John is talking uh, from two angles. He's talking about the the bodily experience of of witnessing Jesus Christ in the flesh, but he's also talking actually about the life-giving words of Jesus Christ being manifested in their own lives even after Jesus left. So then he's writing to people and saying, yeah, we heard about him, but I'm telling you that this has not been manifested in our lives. So these dimensions that John is talking about here. Now, and I really felt convicted and I said, listen, I want to tap. Uh, I did feel that there was dimensions of intimacy and I had to change uh, the pattern in which I was pursuing the Lord. And so, and I started to realize that the, the, some of the things that I was going through uh, seemed to be uh, the, 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 the cancers seemed to be springing up as some of the issues that I see in the body of Christ as a whole. So I will talk about that. Now, I think we left off when one of the things that, that I was talking about was that today in the body of Christ, we have become consumers. We are mainly consumers and we aren't meditators. And we see God telling Joshua in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9, verse 8, that this book of the law shall not depart from your eyes. But you shall meditate in day and night and see to it that you do observe to do according to all that it says, for then you shall make for then you shall be prosperous and make your way a good success. Now I'm paraphrasing it, but let me read it. Um Joshua says, uh, God tells Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in this book day and night. Yes, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, let me try to find another uh, translation of that same scripture. And I trust that you will be blessed by it. The same scripture, let me find it in another translation. And you will hear what it says, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And then we are going to go into what uh, the Holy Spirit has put on my heart for this segment. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 from the Amplified Classic says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. And in another translation, that just says you shall deal in it wisely um, and have good success uh, in all the affairs of life. So now 
that is basically I, I i will touch on that i will touch on that um as we start to segue into some of the identities that i feel we need to be equipped for 2024 so john eventually rounds up his urge his his um his um his plea to us to say that truly ultimately what it comes down to is to finally get to a place where we have fellowship with the father and his son jesus christ and the only way we can do that enter into the trinity of fellowship is through the holy spirit for we have received the adoption we have received um the spirit of adoption and now we cry out abba father so the holy spirit god sending his spirit in us when we accept the lord jesus christ as the lord and savior the holy spirit the spirit of god is now sent into our hearts and we are marked that's the, that we we receive a software a spiritual download uh that way we can now partake of the trinity of fellowship the word fellowship there is actually a koinonia and it is a fellowship of intimacy it's an inter it's an intimacy of intercourse meaning to produce life so ultimately you and i are to produce life 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 so that is a brief i'm trying to summarize for if you haven't listened to part one part two part three um now i was meditating because one of the things that i was challenged on uh during that six month period was to become more of a meditator and not a consumer right and today the body of christ you can listen you can go to church today listen to what you even your pastor preached about whatever denomination you're part of uh whatever the pastor preached about whatever the whatever was the topic of discussion at your church and you'll turn around on monday and listen to a brand new sermon listen brand new sermon at afternoon listen to brand new sermon but there's a point where you've absorbed a lot of information and until you start to brood over it until you start to sit over it like a mother hand over her eggs that they won't become life that information will not become life it will not produce life so there's five dimensions of walking with god when we first encounter god uh, we we have information and i'm talking about let's say encountering god through the scriptures through his spiritual oracles jesus said the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life they're not just mere words so when we encounter the christ through the spirit of his words to us these are just words what we don't understand is um what we read in the bible as words is actually transformed pictures of the spirit realm because in the spirit realm they don't use english but for god to 
to give us an insight into the dimensions, the inner workings of the spirit realm, which is the parent force of life, those spiritual utterances somehow have to be brought down um, into uh, vernacular of humans. So it is hard. So our mindset, we think linearly. When we read the Bible, when we read words, most of the time to think linearly, but the dimension from which these words come from, these words have structure in that realm. They're, they're like structures. Think of like um, in our physical sense, the same way you see beams. Let's say if you look at a building, a building has matter, right? It has structures. It has beams. It has uh, poles. It has... Uh, um, you know, when a building, when you look at our buildings, our environment, it is physical structures, right? In the spirit realm, these are also spiritual structures. So when these structures, if they're being explained to us in the understanding of our vernacular, it is hard to move for us to picture them in, in, in the actual design that they are in the spirit realm. For us, we look at them as just linear words, but they're not. So when we first encounter scripture, we encounter it in a literal sense. So it has no meaning. It is locked to us. And that's why you need the spirit of God to discern the scriptures, because many people can say they, they can read the Bible. Atheists can quote the Bible, but they will never understand. They cannot birth life out of it. Because the spirit that that basically translates those, the spirit of God that translates those words from the spirit realm into the physical realm uh, is not in them, has not partnered with, they have not partnered with that spirit to unlock the codes behind scripture. Meanwhile, even Christians who have subscribed under the government of, 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 of the Christ, of Jesus Christ, if they do not have get in kind of change their thinking about these these words they will still not give us life so that that was the challenge that the lord started to show me he says you is is when you approach me when you approach scripture don't approach it as just text it is these are spirit structures. These are spiritual personalities. So start looking at scripture as spiritual personalities, spiritual entities. The same way in the physical realm, I can say, um, I'm going to go, let's say, to Tim Hortons, or I'm going to go to McDonald's, right? Or I'm going to go to Home Depot. In the physical, in the natural sense, Home Depot means it's a place where I can go to and pick up supplies and things, or Walmart, right? It is, is a, it is a store. I can go there. So I am to use the same understanding when I say 
I am going to go to Philippians 4.19, you know, like that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I am to change my mindset and start to picture Philippians 4.19 as an actual, as an actual, um, let's say, Home Depot where I can go and stand under that umbrella, Philippians 4.19, says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So I am to go under that spiritual structure or umbrella, so to say. I am to go to look in the spirit realm and say, in the spirit realm, Philippians 4.19, here we call it Philippians 4.19, but there is a supply center where if I go under that covering, God truly supplies all my need according to his riches in glory. Now, just think about it. If it's raining, right, and you go, let's say, you, let's say you're at the airport or you're somewhere and you're waiting You've, ca you've called for a taxi or you've called for an Uber. You are to stand under, you are to wait under, um, in the natural sense, you would wait outside. Let's say you wait in a certain place, right? Let's say you've called for your Uber. And your Uber is going to come pick you up. You, you, you have a pickup location. In the physical sense, if that, 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 that location is a place where you are going to wait until your Uber arrives and it picks you up at that place and takes you, right? In a spiritual sense, I am to start looking at Philippians 4.19 as a place whereby I... I move my belief, my faith, and my hope, and I go and stand under the shadow of his wings. I, I, I go and I stand under a pickup location called Philippians 4.19, and I wait there until my Uber arrives, right? And then, yes, as long as I am standing there under a location called Philippians 4.19, in the spirit, it means I am standing there and inevitably, without fail, uh, my God comes by in an Uber and supplies my need and picks me up and takes me. You see? So as Christians, we never think about it this way. So these are some of the things that the Lord started to show me and I was like, my goodness. And so... My whole understanding of scripture, it was like it changed, it pivoted. How I started to look at the scripture changed. And it was very hard for me to explain, even with some of the people that I fellowship with. And, and I was like, my mind could, could, could not see things the same way. So I had to almost reboot my system with this new download and ask myself, how do I start to walk in it? How do I start to embrace this and, and, and understand through this and walk through this and breathe through this? Because in Acts chapter 
17, verse 28, it says, For in him we move, in him we breathe, in him we live, move, and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So I need to start to look at scripture as a spiritual mapping into the spirit realm that that these scriptures are, are locations in the spirit realm where I am to go for different coverings, you know? And that's why Psalms 91 actually says, um, Psalms 91, beautifully, to show you that this is true, it, it, it is true, Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. And right after you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, then you will say, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he has delivered me from the snare of the fowler. So what happened in this scripture is this person was basically giving us the experience of what happened when they run under that Philippians 419 umbrella. They were out uh, in the cold looking for a ride. It was raining. And they, in the spirit realm, they're giving us a recap of how this happened. They went and stood under this Psalms 91, an umbrella of protection. And so he's writing from this standpoint and he's basically telling you his experience of what happened to him. And if you read it with that mindset, you'll see that the scripture comes alive. He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Then he starts to say certain things that happened to him while he was abiding under this umbrella right? He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Then he even gives us more details. He says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. So he's showing you there were certain pressures that were coming against him. And when he dashed under this umbrella called Psalms 91, beat in the spirit and how we move there is by faith, he starts to give you a witness account of what happened to him when he was there. He says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will take refuge. He says, his truth shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays west at noonday. Wow. He's looking, he's telling you from that location and he's writing to you and telling you the experiences that happened to him when he went to abide under the shadow of Almighty, which for us we call Psalms 91, but that's to help our understanding to know what under what umbrella you are standing under. Then he tells you with, with, with a surety, he says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. 
But all of this happened when this person dashed into the secret place of the Most High and stayed abided under the shadow of the Almighty. Then he comes and tells you, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. Wow. Because you have met the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, he's telling you, listen to this, he's telling you, he says, because now you have also made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, he's giving you another reassurity. He's telling you, don't worry. He says, no evil shall befall you. No plague shall come, no plague, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Then he tells you, he's telling you from experience, and he says, In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Then he says, because he has set his love upon me. Now, it changes. Now, God is speaking. God is now giving you. A, 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 these, these three, these two people speak in the scripture. The person who experienced this. And now God starts to speak. He was the one, the person who ran under Psalms 91 umbrella was the one giving us his eyewitness account, his experience, that which he heard, which he has seen with his eyes, which he has looked upon, and which his hands have, man have handled the word of life being manifested to him. Then now he starts, so God now starts to speak and also give us his own account of this person who ran under his own shadow. So it changes, you see that it changes because how uh how it's written changes right because now it reads because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him right now god is, is giving you an account as well of this person who has experienced it it says because he set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and i will answer him i will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, wow. That is what happens if I move my faith, my belief system, my understanding. You see, the things of God, one of the things that um, Peter said, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through the knowledge of him. That is in 2 Peter verse uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. What he's saying here is 
you and I, grace and peace can only be multiplied to us in the knowledge of God. So the more knowledge we have of the realities of the spirit realm, the more that we're going to walk in grace and peace, right? We're going to have more grace and peace in our lives. Now, which is very interesting. He says, verse, verse, uh, I read again, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he's telling us how grace and peace is going to be multiplied. So you and I need to have an understanding of what is really happening behind the scenes in the spirit realm. Otherwise, we're going to be rattled in this world. He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which we have, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the, the corruption that is in the world through lust. He says, God has made an escape for us, but we now need to start having an understanding that scripture is not linear. It is spiritual dimensions which have been passed down into the vernacular that we have. But we need to now read it through the vernacular that we had, but use the understanding of what is actually going on in the spirit realm. Okay? So let us... Where, where, where does this leave us? One of the things that now you and I have to work on, one of the things that you and I have to do is we need to first change our identity. I, I mean, our mindset on how we look at scripture. You need to start picturing scripture as spiritual towers, as actual spiritual structures in the spirit where we run for shelters, where we run, as Peter's telling us, it is through this understanding of exceedingly great and precious promises that we can become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, dimensions of walking with God. That is what I was, uh, I was segueing into this to say that we are mainly consumers that's what i've noticed i was a consumer until the lord brought that to my attention and i had to strip down a lot of you know content and it's not that i was consuming secular content no i'm talking about christian content because if you were just a consumer you never have enough time left to meditate it is only what you meditate upon, what you ponder, as God told Joshua, that birth is life, that keeps you in fellowship. For some reason, there's a place whereby you can take what you have heard from a podcast, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, and that only is kind of like your means of transportation into the next uh, the last stage or the last step, which is called fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And in that room, it can only be the Father, you, 
and his holy and 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 and, and his son Jesus Christ. So there's a place whereby um what what my pastor preached, what my pastor said, what my friend said, what the podcast said, what the YouTube channel said, what the TikTok said, all of those are consider them as washings. That there's a room I enter into, and it's just the three of us. His father, me, and his son Jesus Christ. And we start to fellowship and we start to have our own discussions. And we start to have our own get to know each other. We start to have that intimacy of intercourse that starts to birth life. There's just a certain room that only the three of us can be in. And I must say that most of our victory as Christians will not come the more time we have in that room of fellowship, koinonia, between his father and his son, Jesus Christ, most of our victory is going to come from that room. Picture it this way. It doesn't, you can go on public debts with your, with your wife, right? The husband and wife, they can go on many public debts. They can go to a restaurant. They can go to, um, they can go, they can go on flights, vacations, but if they truly want to have kids, there's a moment that they become shout out to the rest of the world. They go into their bedroom and have intimacy just between the two of themselves. And after that, conception happens. Life happens. Life, the last stage of life of a Christian walk of this, let, let me say of this, of this married couple, it does not end in the restaurant. It does not end on the cruise boat. It does not end on the airplane. It does not end on the beach or the park. No, if they stop there and never enter into the room, the secrecy of intimacy, we're never going to see them have children. We're never going to see little babies running around. So, that was what the Lord was challenging me and brought to my attention is that many people in the body of Christ today are at all the church prayer meetings, at all the church calls, at all the fellowships, at all the, all the, all the, all the, all the group things, the whatever, but there's a place where ultimately it says, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And realize it says he, it doesn't say them that dwell. There's a place where I enter into a room and truly it is just the father, me, and his son, Jesus Christ. So that is the last step as we start to have real uh, life, bare life as Christians. Now, how do we lead up to this? As I was saying, when you first encounter the Spirit of the Lord, our first encounter with the Spirit of the Lord is information. And that's what the Lord was showing me. It is information. But then we cross from information to understanding. Now, many Christians realize that they have information, and I've been there. And understanding, you start to understand, okay, some precepts, some oracles here and there. 
But then they step number three, which is where most of the body of Christ is locked up. Revelation. I was challenged to think that revelation is ultimately not even the end goal. You see, I used to be intimidated by people who have revelation. I used to be intimidated myself by myself as well sometimes. I was like, Calvin, you have a lot of revelation here, a lot of revelation there, a lot of revelation here. But why did I still feel a void? Why did I still feel that the life that I was supposed to be birthing was not happening? Because there's two more steps, and I've already talked about the final step, but I'm just showing you how these dimensions go on so you can see where you are stuck. So information to understanding, understanding to revelation. Most of the body of Christ is here. However, revelation, when we go from revelation, the next dimension is Rema. Now in Rema, it's basically, um, we start to pick out the voice of God. His voice starts to speak to us. It goes from just um, revelation to rhema, meaning the word starts to speak to you. However, we can go past rhema, which is the part that I just spent uh, the last uh minutes of this, you know, minutes talking about, which is eternal life, Zoe, high, that, that John talks about. After Rema, we now start to enter into koinonia, fellowship, intimacy of intercourse. Um, this is where now I talk and God talks to me. However, in this, it is a place where there can be a lot of silence. There can be a lot of, um, uh, it is in, 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 in this last step, which is, which I, I you know, there's, there's more dimensions to God, but truly I believe this is where things start to change is when you go beyond revelation, when you go beyond the Rama and you tap into, uh, that koinonia, that fellowship, which births eternal life, which births rivers of living water. Uh, and and that's, that's the step. So most of the body of Christ, many of us are still stuck at revelation. We have revelation. And I'm always telling the people now that a fellowship with us say, don't be intimidated by revelation. Ultimately, if you came across, let's say, a couple that they knew they, you know, they know about the best vacations, the best restaurants, the best this, the best dress. They, 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 they go on all these things. They have a revelation of, of go here. You, but if ultimately all those experiences are not able to bring them to a place of birth, of producing life. Now, I'm saying barring any unnatural... Um, um, unnatural um, circumstances, if all that this couple see, if all we see are their pictures on Instagram, on Facebook, on these and these, and ultimately we never see little babies running around, it means they have not gone the full way. It means 
the life that we hope for out of these unions coming together, it means we just did not arrive at that destination, right? So this is how it is with our Christian walk and life with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Is ultimately, we are to enter into a certain room of deep, deep intimacy where um, God shares His secrets with me and I share my secrets with Him. And just the two of us, just these things he tells, there's, there's, just, there's just that secrecy. And that is when life starts to flow up. So those are stages of relationship with God. Now, um, we are going to, yes, yeah, so as we conclude, uh, in the next episode, I will talk about uh, another mindset shift that really has been downloaded into me. And I believe we in the body of Christ should start to look at it and should start to really uh, put on this mindset, put on this mindset of Christ. So thank you for tuning in. This was the Jeff podcast, part four of our 2023 roundup. And I just want to tell you these words. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. See you on the next episode.
and the promise you hold So it's all eyes on you until the day you call me home Singing, oh, oh. 